0: Welcome to the podcast series of India Risk Code Initiative by Global Risk Management Institute and Federation of Indian Chambers of Commerce and Industry. Given lack of industry-wide policies and implementation standards around risk management, FICI and GRMI realized there is a significant opportunity to drive top leadership in this space. The vision is to create a model risk code for the Indian industry and to develop effective enablers for practical implementation along with enhancing awareness among corporate leaders on the role of risk management in driving sustainable growth. For the fifth episode of the series, we have with us Mr. Sunil Mehta, non-executive chairman at Yes Bank and Mr. Swishish Naad, founder and mentor of Jeremiah, SVP and enterprise risk and compliance service line leader at Genpact. To discuss about views and perspectives around need for improved risk management and practical tips on risk management making it real
1: good afternoon sir and welcome to this edition of risk management making it real uh, really appreciate you making time for us uh, then we're going to start with a somewhat provocative question do you believe post covid there is greater acceptance towards need for better risk management at an executive leadership level? Uh, Is it more driven by recency factor or do you expect this to be permanent uh, versus being transient?
2: Thank you. Uh, So I think the uh, last uh, 15 to 18 months uh, have been uh, a real game changer as far as risk is concerned. And um, at the outside, I can very much state that I am convinced that this is not uh, transitional in nature. It is a permanent edifice of development of institutions and organizations and corporations. Um, and of course, sovereigns as well. In in recognizing what are the risks that we would encounter as we sort of make progress. Um, In everyone's life, whether it was personal or professional, we have always sort of built our own risk mechanisms. Um, And I think this is part of our own development from a from a child, a protection uh, of what the parents provide to children and the risks that they sort of uh, bring to the fore as as children. And we all developed with those instincts of managing those risks. And I think you, if you sort of really move that analogy up and sort of uh, say that um, the institutionalizing and the building it part of the DNA is what your parents taught you at that point of time. And it becomes instinctive that you believe in it, you sort of prepare for it, and you are almost sort of prepare your own children when your time comes to sort of uh, pass them down. And that becomes part of your DNA. And I think it's the same element that the... Organizations will need to develop, institutionalize, and build it as part of their DNA, without which you will find that uh, progress would not be um, predictable. And I think that's the big issue. Uh, This particular period of pandemic that we've seen was, uh, you know, we, we always used to hear of the avian flu, or the swine flu, or the Ebola, or many other, or the Spanish flu that was historically sort of somewhere there in our history books. But we never really saw it that this was, that we would at time be facing this with the same intensity that perhaps many of those countries or geographies face. It was for the first time that this COVID-19 made world a level playing field in some ways. And everyone recognized at the same time the importance of what you just spoke about is risk management and, and preparing for risk. So I think this is, um, I, I would say, um, a game-changing event. Uh, if we do not pay heed to this, uh, we would be doing this at our own peril. Uh, interesting perspective and analogies. Uh, so,
1: you know, you've you've got the benefit of seeing a banking industry for the longest time. Uh, one would like to believe that it's the industry which has just got more mature risk practices. There have been more regulations in place. Uh, and there were some kind of attributed to saying because those are, there's, there have been regulators, hence, People have possibly done it better or right in banks. Uh, Two things. One, can regulation alone solve for it? How necessary are regulations? Uh, And two, therefore, if you were to have a word of advice for other industries, uh, are there learnings that they can take from what's worked well in the banking industry, financial services sector, uh, that
2: they could sort of look to build into their risk DNA? Again, a very interesting question. Um, financial markets and banks um, the very foundation of a bank is that they're in the business of taking risks so that's what they specialize in and uh, evaluation of risk uh, has been historically uh, as the banking system evolved right from its inception um, this was the product that has got uh, more and more uh, refined over a period of time. And it has the benefit of the history that the banking system has seen over different economic cycles, over uh, uh, different geopolitical events. uh, And of course, uh, also other risks that the banking system or the financial system has faced globally. The 2008 crisis, Uh, was again, uh, global financial crisis was really another uh, element that, as you know, that uh, uh, despite being a very mature uh, Western dominated banking system, uh, the impact of that, of what were the systemic risks that were building and yet not fully identified as to how they're going to impact the global financial markets, is one such example of uh, where despite uh, the banking system being so evolved, as you sort of suggested, but yet there were lessons that even the banking system learned. So, um, and, and just to sort of cover that a little bit more as to uh, sometimes um, we don't learn our lessons and we don't sort of institutionalize as to what the learnings are. So post the global financial crisis, there was uh, the Financial Stability Board that sort of went into all the kind of systemic risks and what needed to be done. Um, a significant change in the way uh, banks would identify risk, risks and also um, looking at, re-looking at the regulatory architecture that provides the supervision and also continues to sort of guide the banks in terms of the risks and the metrics that would be available to them to see the intensity of the risks that are built. A uh, lot of work was done, but yet um, we have seen again the banking industry uh, going through uh, some more challenges as we've sort of moved along. So, this is an evolving process. And I think even for the banks, it is a reminder that what we faced in 2020 and what we are sort of coming out of that, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, is uh, what you and I have spoken about, that the risks, uh, known unknowns and the unknown unknowns. And I keep repeating this because I definitely believe that if we don't... um, uh, start thinking about the unknown unknowns, those risks and sort of start building uh, risk mitigants or uh, creating an infrastructure uh, where we would be we would have more resilience towards those kind of risks. I think that's really a great learning and that's where organizations start building those. And as we've seen based on this last COVID-19 crisis, I think that's what will bring the uh, better resilience in the system itself. So I would say that it's not that the banking system has come out with flying colors. We've also had to do a lot of uh, self-learning. And here, one of the important elements that emerged from this is that uh, while we've looked at many other risks, the operational risk in dealing with a crisis like like this was never really stress tested to the extent that we saw it over the last uh, 15 to 18 months. So we've sort of seen enterprise risk, we've seen credit risk, market risk, but this was time that how well are we operationally geared uh, to cater to our customers as this is an essential service as much as healthcare, where that provides them the physical and and protection of their health. But if there is no economic protection, it provides even more distress and of course, uh, challenges on even getting the right kind of healthcare. So dealing with that aspect has been a great uh, learning for the banking system as well. And I'm very sure that this learning will help the banks to uh, look at what the other risks that are there, the entire risks of cybersecurity, the uh, technology risks, uh, that the operational risks which have led to the further of digitalization in the banking system. So there are whole aspects of learnings that are there. Uh, and I'm quite sure that this will evolve further. As far as the other industries, uh, I think it would be fair to say that many other industries uh, also had prepared themselves to have very good uh, risk management systems. Um, It's it's, um, the nature of this risk that we saw over the last 18 months had varying degrees of impact on certain sectors. Uh, So those sectors who got impacted really badly were actually coming out of a financial stress because the business got impacted. But the issues relating to people uh, and how do you deal with the people who got impacted was universal. And I think for the first time universally organizations recognized that it is people first. What used to be earlier profitability first and other parameters first, but without people, you do not have an organization. And managing the risks which impact people, their physically, their emotionally, uh, and from a point of view of uh, uh, their well-being, I think that element is sort of universal and that uh, will be almost a recognition that that aspect the entire industry whether it's financial or non financial or manufacturing will need to deal with that's number one and i think in all the other uh, sectors of the industry other than the financial there would be also some learnings on the individual sectors and those would be those would be sector specific hospitality you know leisure travel Each one has its own elements that they need to deal with. Uh, And I think there's a lot of research and a lot of work that still needs to be done. How do you sort of, at least whatever you can think through, how do you sort of create the mitigants for those risks, potential mitigants? And of course, from a business continuity perspective, what are those uh, business continuity uh, factors that you build in that there's no disruption in your business as you move forward.
1: And I will keep this out of India market context to ensure there is absolutely no controversy but you know, some of the financial services and capital markets uh, challenges that one has seen where risk management is more evolved has possibly again without trying to pass an opinion uh, triggered by tone of the top. Some of the things that were not right were possibly you know, known to executive leadership. How uh, critical in your view is that tone at the top in driving the right risk management culture?
2: Yeah, so I, I was saying that this is, um, all the stakeholders of any institution require that risk management be an integral part of the tone setting that comes from the board and the and the leadership and it sort of flows down. Uh, and um, Uh, This is, uh, while we were, we used to sort of look at business metrics as the measurement of performance, but now uh, more and more, the boards are looking at what are the risks inherent in those businesses and how have we protected ourselves or how are we anticipating and are fully ready to deal with those risks. Um, so that there is sustainable growth over a longer period of time. And uh, in every organization today, the um, Risk Management Committee of the board is becoming um, more and more important. Um, you know, the I always say that the audit committee looks at historical data. Um, so whatever has happened, they're evaluating that. And seeing how uh, robust the organization, based on statistics and financial information of the past, the risk management committee is actually looking at the future, and I and and sort of uh, really evaluating what, how well the organization is positioned for the future, and um, if you're really looking at the aspect what comes out from the Risk Management Committee and then translates into what should be your business capacitization. It flows from what allows you from a risk and then sort of you go for the business from there on. And it's not vice versa. Uh, So I I would say that this is becoming an integral part of the uh, board's responsibilities. Uh, and uh, more and more, they would be thinking about this all the time and uh, evaluating this and actually projecting well beyond what could be a normal time horizon uh, and looking at all those risks. And there's the same thing flowing in from the regulators. The uh, interaction with the regulators uh, is now much more deeper and forward-looking uh, while they will spend a few minutes talking about the performance of the institution and how well we've done in the past, but I think what they're really looking at is how much are you future ready and future resilient? Uh, because uh, what is whatever water has flowed under the bridge, that's history. But what they're concerned about is what does your future look like? And they need to make sure that you have actually identified all the risks and you're fully prepared Uh, and created enough buffers for different kinds of risks in an organization? You know,
1: some of the better leaders as well, uh, who've been successful would possibly say that they've built successful companies, large organizations, uh, where risk management's kind of come intuitively to them. Because if I'm a leader, I'm anyway managing risks. How do you bring in a more structured, risk management framework, approach, make it more institutionalized versus intuitive? Any guidance around what you think uh,
2: companies can consider looking at? There is certainly uh, merit in uh, people who who have seen and managed risks over a period of time as a risk manager of an institution, your experience does count because you've seen many kind of uh, uh, risks impacting organizations and, uh, and you know, how you have reacted to that. So uh, there is a lot of uh, weightage given to people with that kind of an experience. Uh, what is sort of evolving is that the complexity of the risks are uh, changing very rapidly. So uh, whatever I have seen in my extended experience in the financial markets over the last 38, 40 years, it's not necessary that I will probably see in my uh, remainder part of engagement with the financial markets similar kind of risks re-emerging the uh, manifestations or the uh, the nature of the risks are changing. This is like a typical virus of a COVID-19. It's sort of... Uh, mutants. The mutants. And, 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 and it keeps changing. And there are variants of this which are there. And I think this is what we need to be prepared for. So take, for example, we are using technology far more effective. We're using, first of all, technology to develop and and provide sustainability. We spoke about uh, digitization and, you know, we're moving from manual to digitization uh, and digital banking, digital payments and all of that. But what you're doing is you're building a very strong and a large technology platform. And your dependency on that technology platform is enormous because everything is now running on that uh, platform. While it's very great, it's absolutely wonderful that we've acquired those technology platforms from third party, because that's not what I built, that's what somebody else provides. But does my organization fully understand the elements in those, uh, in that uh, technology platform, uh, which I'm now using and fully dependent upon. So earlier, if you if you come from the era when you had an ambassador car, you could fix that car in the carburetor and clean it anywhere in the road, any place in the country. And it started and you sort of moved again. You knew, you knew what was under the hood. Today, the same four wheels are, and what is there under the hood It is so complex that you do not understand. And there are very specialized people who can fix those. So I think the same thing deals with that we are moving into a world where there is a lot of new risks emerging into the system. And I'm not even talking about a COVID-19 type of risk (coughs) that we need to be fully prepared for. So um, this is what I call why a structured risk management is so critical because the identification of these risks in a structured manner and responding to them in a very structured process and uh, evaluating as to what are the critical paths that you need to adopt uh, from a risk mitigation plan uh, is can only be done not on an intuitive basis, but on a very structured, very well-driven process with very clear metrics uh, in terms of how you want to deal with and what are those elements where you come to a point where you need to sort of raise the alarm bells and, and sort of put in special forces or special attention into those elements of risks that are building into your uh, organization or your system. So um, I I would say that intuitiveness is certainly good. It certainly helps you, but I think a structured uh, risk management process is absolutely critical. So last couple of
1: questions. You've obviously uh, been kind enough to be part of the risk task force, trying to build out the risk board. How do you define success for this initiative? And somewhat related question: Do you think there's enough talent today in the Indian corporate world to truly uh, be able to embrace some of the advanced risk management uh, frameworks, recommendations that the court is trying to come up with?
2: Well. Firstly, on the uh, risk management task force, I think this is very timely and uh, uh, it sort of is so topical, uh, principally because we are facing this as we speak on the elements of risks, and it is something that is uppermost in uh, in almost everyone's mind as to how do you deal with that. So, uh, what what I would I, would, I believe that would um, be the most important thing that this task force can present to its constituents or constituencies or stakeholders is the model that uh, how do you develop the ecosystem around the organization that we are involved with Uh, in terms of the risk processes, structured risk resolutions, uh, identification of risks, risk owners, uh, and, you know, all all elements that are part and parcel of this aspect of this four-letter word. Uh, and, And I think this, while we used to sort of look at Profitability and so many other factors is an important piece. Uh, the identification of risks, as I said, become almost like the beginning of uh, of how you build a more robust organization. So this will probably what you're what we are doing in the risk uh, task force is not a prescription. Uh, it is not supposed to uh, give a certain medicine or a prescription for what ailments the organizations are facing today, but it is an awareness that you are creating of why it is so important for organizations to develop uh, and uh, platforms where you can uh, deal with this aspect of risk in every organization. Uh, The element of uh, how you sort of uh, create that environment, you know, is is, is something which is uh, very important, but this is also in terms of an evolution as so you've got to move forward with this. It needs to be a forward looking model that people can adapt to this model and modify it as, as we sort of move from where we are today to where um, we will probably be a few years from now. So we would sort of uh, be successful if we are building that kind of um, awareness system. In terms of the, uh, whether the talent pool is available or not, I think there is, um, in, in some sectors, there is a reasonable amount of talent, but building talent pool around this is also an equally important task. Uh, today, we do not have uh, many institutions which specialize in this. I also feel that in our own regulatory system, uh, not just in the companies, but in our regulatory systems, in the regulatory architecture itself, we go all the way up. That like, is there adequate skill sets? Are there adequate skill sets there? Well, there may be some today, but do they constantly need to hone their skills? As they move along, and as the uh, as markets evolve, we should never be we should never believe that we are fully knowledgeable knowledgeable about everything. So uh, I think, from as far as regulators, board members, the leadership, down to uh, the middle management, and all the other people, the the people who really Deal with the risks in the front line on a day-to-day basis. I think the uh, developing and honing their skills is an important aspect of how how strong and what kind of risk mitigants that we'll build over a period of time. So uh, I think that task of what uh, you are undertaking, GRMI in partnership with Vicky, uh, this is just the beginning. I believe uh, this is uh, this is first of those initiatives that I think need to be compounded and need to be multiplied to be able to build a better and an effective structured risk management uh, infrastructure across businesses. Thank you so much,
1: sir. Any closing remarks from you in terms of young risk professionals, what makes a successful one?
2: For youngsters who are uh, looking at a career in in elements of risk, and I think it's all businesses have some elements or the other, but even if it's uh, some degree of specialization that is there in this field, I I believe that this is one of the most exciting areas uh, because the modeling of, of where the new risks are going to emerge and how we build uh, mitigants and how we're going to create structures around it. What are the new kind of emerging risks that uh, will be developing? I would say that this is one of the most exciting uh, uh, possibilities of a professional career that any youngster would be pursuing. Uh, And uh, this would be, in my view, one of the most rewarding careers as well because people would be wanting to reward individuals who have the necessary skills in identifying the risks and providing solutions for mitigating those risks as well so um, i would definitely encourage a lot of youngsters to look at this field and uh, certainly look at it um, an area of high growth from here and great potential for their own respective futures.
1: Thank you once again, sir, for your time. Uh, look forward to our continued engagement with you, both in the task force and similar subsequent sessions.
2: All Thank the very you. best to you and all your colleagues at DRMI and FIKI.
0: Join with us for the next episode of the series with Mr. Richard Ricky, who is the former CEO of KPMG India and current board member of KPMG Dubai. You have reached the end of this episode of India Risk Code Initiative by JRMI and Vicky. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts. Visit indiariskcode.grm.institute for more details. Thank you for tuning in. See you at the next one.